Hello and welcome to another episode of FHS Undivided. I'm your host, Olivia Smith. I feel as though that this episode is very timely considering the fact that a documentary is the thing that inspired it. In the beginning of the month, a six-part documentary called Surviving R. Kelly aired on Lifetime. For those who didn't watch it, the documentary basically detailed R. Kelly's sex crimes and child abuse spanning over years. And basically the main plot or the main focal point of the documentary was that this singer was able to do all of this and his career went on and he didn't fix any jail time at all. The documentary actually went viral on social media. Of course there were people that were criticizing R. Kelly and planned to further boycott his music. However, there were people who did support him still after hearing allegations. Their argument was that they had the ability to separate the art from the artist. But my question is, if the allegations are this serious, can you? We can't act like celebrity personal lives are not a big part of their success. Many celebrities have gotten famous mostly because of their personality. Their personality informs their music. We watch interviews, we follow them on social media, we watch their live shows. Celebrities, who they are, makes us relate to them and makes us want to spend our money. No one would directly say that they support a rapist or a child molester, but when you buy their music or support them monetarily, what message are you sending? And even buying one song or one album can be harmful. Streams and album purchases do add up eventually. Just to put some things in perspective, I did a little research on how much artists make per stream or play on the most popular streaming services. Now, the average is a little less than a cent, but when an artist gets millions and millions of plays and streams, that number can actually add up. And let's say that you're a dedicated fan and you don't use streaming services. Instead, you buy a song or you buy an album. Songs on iTunes or any other um, music buying service average about 99 cents per song. And an album is closer to 10 or even $15 an album. Granted, music is not bought purely as much as it's streamed these days. But let's say an artist only sells 300,000 pure copies of an album worldwide. And let's say these same albums range for $15. That artist is still making over $4 million just off of 300,000 pure copies worldwide. That figure doesn't even account for endorsement deals, concerts, touring, meet and greets, merchandise, and streaming numbers. Because nowadays it's normal for a, especially a popular artist, to reach a billion to half a billion streams. With that being said, abusers can have a very lucrative lifestyle even if they commit crimes against women and children. And with money comes power. In our society, it's pretty much known that rich people don't go to jail, rich people do not face consequences because in the court of law, it's more about who has the better lawyer than the truth or getting justice. So people that are making a lot of money from people buying their music are able to fund expensive lawyers, dodge jail time, and continue to offend. When you have child molesters such as R. Kelly that 
was initially charged with 21 counts of child porn, but he's nominated for several Grammy Awards and American Music Awards, and since 1993 has won 110 awards, even though he married a 14-year-old. There's an issue. And if I were to switch from music to TV and film, Bill Cosby was accused of sexually abusing over 50 women. And he still has a large amount of supporters because of the Cosby show. And many people believe that he's Cliff Huxtable in real life. The question is, is this a smaller part of rape culture? Is that the bigger picture of why people are welcoming child abusers in open arms because they like their creativeness. The bottom line is you can't really support only the art and not the artist when you're putting money, millions of dollars in their pockets. I talked to someone that experienced sexual abuse firsthand and I'm only using their first name because obviously sexual abuse is a very sensitive topic and I don't want her to feel uncomfortable with anything we're discussing. I asked her a few questions about R. Kelly, her own experience, and her thoughts on the even the surviving R. Kelly documentary, and this is what she had to say. In the interview, me and Lauren use a term called CSA, which stands for child sex abuse. As a CSA survivor, how do you feel about people often idolizing people that molest children or rape, rape women? I just think it's gross. I think that, like, as a CSA survivor myself, knowing what, like, people like that do is just a gross feeling because it's like, oh, you enjoy this person's music, but they do something as terrible as that to children like R. Kelly. And it's just, like, a sickening feeling because what the good things that they do often overshadow the bad things. How would you feel if your abuser was just came into fame recently or was loved by many? I think I would be, well, I would feel the same way as I feel about what other people do. I'd be disgusted. I kind of be heartbroken because if it's a known thing that they do and people are ignoring it, it would be kind of a direct hit to me since I was one of the victims of what they've done. Regardless of how good the music may sound, how good the TV show may be, how good the film is, when you put money in the hands of people that abuse others, they have no incentive to stop. And they don't, they're given a, another level of power just because they have rich and people, they, they're rich and people love them and they can, avoid any consequences for what they did and as always if you have any topic suggestions comments corrections or would like to be a part of a future episode please go to fhsregister.com and select podcast contact from the contact us drop down from the main menu thank you for listening again